Today, we're talking about some Florida Gators' realistic expectations for the football season, Florida Gators basketball, and if Mike White saved his job, and Florida Gators baseball opening weekend, only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Happy Monday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with whole nine sports. And also, before I get into the content, I'm just going to say we're talking uh, softball and women's basketball tomorrow's episode. I figured I'd just group dude sports and women's sports and we'll roll with that. So first off, though, football time, because that that's always the elite stuff here. Florida Gators ceiling, because that's been, uh, I believe, it was Thursday's episode kind of ran into a lot of comments with that about. You know, uh, just how good is this team? Because when I was talking about the Florida Gators offense, I was like, look, offensively, this team is going to be above average, and that should be the expectation. And that got a lot of people talking about what should be the overall expectations for this team. And I am here. Obviously, expectations, they're high. It's Florida. Like I've said this so many times, we're Florida. You know, there, there's no average there's no sport that we're supposed to be bad at. Ain't nothing but excellence here. So Florida, we're here. Billy Napier knocked it out of the park in his first recruiting cycle. His his uh, transitional class, you know, he, he got Kamari Wilson from IMG, got Shamar James to come out. He 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 did his thing over there. Um, but then comes the question of what what should the realistic expectations be? And it goes around. You know, you, you look at. Sports books, for example, some places have Florida as the sixth most likely team to win the national championship next year. Bet Online has Florida as the 14th most likely national championship team. And I still am just like, that's too high. But I, I also understand it because when you look at who has a chance, all you got to do is, well, if Florida has a strong season, they're going to be high ranked, so they should be there. Uh, even though Florida will, I think Florida will be a top 25 team. Um, I don't know how high, but I, I think they'll be a top 25 team. This is, this is a bowl team to me. I don't know if it's a New Year's Six Bowl. This is a bowl team to me. The talent isn't at natty levels yet. And I'm not even saying the talent's not on the roster. They're just not developed there yet. They've only had three months with this current coaching staff, and that's, most of that wasn't even practicing or anything, so... You know, there's there's talent here, but uh, yeah, uh, we we kind of went into this past season with very high expectations, which you usually do. I feel like if you have a good year, or I feel like even if you have a bad year, every year your expectation should be improve. So a a strong 2020 to 2021 campaign led to Gators fans and myself included going, it, it's natty time, like like it's time, and then it just didn't work out. And I think that was a good little reality check for Florida because. It helped clarify that the team that we had last year wasn't as talented as uh, as as we initially expected, 
which is is fair um because you know you could be as hard as you want or as um generous as you want with the gators but either way last season was not a good season no matter which way you slice it unless you go hey mully's out the door so it's a good but mm, not too much but this this year will be a better team than last year i have no doubt in my mind about that like just the coaching i think the talent is there and better i think i know the effort is there the roster is a big thing to talk about too because you know i i just spoke about last season's roster wasn't as good as we initially thought they would be they didn't reach our expectations for whatever reason but it's also a good thing that roster turnover was kind of held to a minimum you look at the nfl draft and yes guys like damian pierce kair elam and zachary carter jeremiah moon are all gone but i mean you and you can look at who transferred to you look at chris bogle mamuti body they they transferred and that sucks a bit but also you look at who who came back and that's Trey Dean, the starting safety. Rashad Torrance wasn't draft eligible. Jervon Dexter wasn't draft eligible. Brenton Cox Jr. is someone who was draft eligible, and I really did not think he was going to come back to Gainesville. Just to me, all signs pointed to Brenton Cox Jr., NFL. But after a spotty season, you know, I've called him out plenty for what seemed to be a lack of effort at times and, and all that fun stuff. Um, I, I think Brenton Cox Jr. coming back, it's big. And like, I think he's going to be, again, the premier pass rusher in Gainesville. You also look at who got added to the team and you can look at the transfers like Osiris Torrance and Montreal Johnson, who are going to be freaky good with this team. They're like, there is no doubt in my mind, Osiris Torrance and Montreal Johnson are going to be big time players for the 2022 Florida Gators. Like Osiris Torrance, I have very little doubt, if any, about his ability to step in from the Sun Belt to the SEC. I think he looked pretty dang good. And the Montreal Johnson, I mean, he's going to get early run. He's the only one with experience in this Billy Napier system. He's the, I mean, one of the more proven backs on the roster right now because uh, Damian Pierce and Malik Davis are are gone. They both are headed to the NFL. And, and that, you know, that is what it is at that point. But Montreal Johnson, there's there's running back space to be open. You look at the defensive line, it's like, yeah, you know, uh, might be a little bit of a weak spot in the interior at first. You know, Zachary Carter's gone to the NFL, but Javon Dexter's back, and that's a big thing. And you look at linebacker, Shamar James is here, and there's been so much talent added onto this defense. Chris McLellan, the four-star of Oklahoma, could be an immediate starter on this defensive line. So I think when you look at this team for Florida Gators, when you look at 2022, you have to not take it with a grain of salt, but you have to acknowledge that there's a ton of potential on this team. I'm not saying they're national champs. I think 14th most likely sounds absurd. But again, if Florida has a good season, if, if Florida has like a like a, a strong season and they're, they're top-tier SEC, they're going to be in the national title picture where like you could be in the big, if TCU has a great season, you still can't guarantee that they'll be in the natty. Like the big 12 winners aren't guaranteed to be in the national championship. If you win the sec, you're, you're going to the playoffs, but big 12, you're not guaranteed to go to the playoffs. So I think that played a part in it of just being like, Hey, if Florida gets a couple things right to, for them this year, they could be in the picture. So 
14th betting odds wise, I think is solid. Like, I think that's fair. I don't think they're going to be the 14th best team in the nation, but I think when you look at national championship odds, uh, yeah, 14th is like, why, why not give it a go at that point? But, uh, I realistically, I think the record is going to be more like eight and four, nine and three. Um, which to me, that's one hell of a, that's one hell of a first season. If we're being honest, um, I think that I think that's a great year, great first year, and I think it's very possible. You know, um, Utah is going to be a rough start to the season, going with Kentucky in Week Two, and I mean, there's obviously LSU, Georgia, going to be tough games. But this is a team where I look at the Florida Gators and I'm like, I can see it. Like I I can see the pieces being put into place, and I I think that this is a Florida Gators team that can. They, I don't know if they'll make a deep run, but I think it's a top 25 Florida Gators team, and I'm very excited for it. Anybody else make money this weekend? I know I did. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I got a little got a little saucy with it on Saturday and Sunday, a little, little bit of a cookout here. Uh, BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. Obviously, Florida losing a ton hasn't been great for me, but like NBA props are just bang, 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 bang. It's just wild. BetOnline.net even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, which you guys know. Always on my phone when I do it. BetOnline.net. It's where the game starts. Looking at Florida Gators basketball now. And this is one of those, it, it was a victory, you know, like we're going to be happy about it. But at the same time, um, bit, bittersweet victory. Um, I'll, I'll say that. Like we could look at the first time ever that the Florida Gators have beaten the number two team in the nation in Gainesville. And I will also say, for people that are mad about, um, you know, storming the court, shut up. <laughs> like, no, no one cares, man. Who, if you're mad about storming the court, then, that, like, just stop being so soft about it. That ain't nothing. Florida won 63-62 in a game where Florida really wasn't supposed to win, where for a good portion of the game, it didn't look like Florida would, would win. And they beat the number two team in the nation. And like, I get it, people. I understand the argument of the teams that storm the court aren't usually good teams. They're not usually storied programs. That's how much this team has fallen off and this program has fallen off. And I get it and I hear you, but I think that logic is dumb uh, i'll say like I, I think that's horrible logic because i think when you storm the court it's about we weren't supposed to win this game and this was a huge game and we won this game so we're gonna storm the court i've, I've rushed a field before i would love to rush a court i've rushed a field before and it was literally just we weren't supposed to win this game uh, like really we weren't supposed to win this game but we did it and i know that People brought up like, oh, like, and Zach Blackerby of Locked on Auburn brought this up when we did our little crossover um, bonus episode on Friday, where he was like, hey, like, Auburn hasn't won in Gainesville since 1996. 
And that's wild that that's true. But yeah, Auburn hasn't won a game in Gainesville since 1996. And you can talk about that. And you can be like, look, we don't care um, if we were favored to win or not. They haven't won in 96 and they still haven't. And that's great. Or they haven't won since 96. And that's great. But when you look at it, this is still the number two team in the nation. And the Gators are barely a March Madness team even after this win. So I, I think that, yeah, storming the court, whatever, being happy, go for it. Talking more about the actual game itself. Um, before I get to Florida, Auburn, Javari Smith, my lord. He's a bad man over there. He was doing some things. like He's freaky good. Um, but looking at the Florida side, you look at Tyree Appleby. Cause that man, it like I'm freezing right now. Cause he is cold blooded. Like he is a beast. Twenty six points on seven for fifteen shooting, five for ten from three. He had I, one or two assists, but when he made those assists, were big plays. You know, a little dump off the Colin Castleton here and there. It, it was big plays. Tyree Appleby played a great game. And then looking at Colin Castleton, hmm built different 19 points on seven of 13 shooting eight rebounds three blocks and i mean the commentators even said it multiple times he just had a look in his eye like pre-game colin castleton just had a look in his eye and it was like something just different about him today and like we we saw that where even coming out of that game now i've been the one that i'm like look colin castleton is fantastic college basketball player i don't know if he's going to be the good in the nba or if he's got a nba future really but I think if you've got that that dog mentality where you could just dog, not dawg, don't worry about it. But if you got that dog mentality where you could just you could turn it on and you could turn it up and you could just take over like that, I think that goes a long way when you look at being a professional athlete. And Colin Castleton, like, dude, props to you. Like that, that was big. Outside of Castleton and Appleby, though, the other Gators combined for eighteen points, so it wasn't like an overall offensive team win. Defensively, good job. Like that, I, I I don't have many complaints. I think Florida did a fantastic job holding Auburn to 62 and just keep, keeping guys in check for the most part. Jabari Smith had 28 of the 62. So, I mean, outside of that, it was, it was a damn good job for the Florida Gators. And the thing that's like bittersweet about it is, and I mentioned this in the intro to the show, did Mike White save his job? Because I've been very pro over the past couple of weeks, especially I've been very pro fire Mike White. But, and hear me out, my opinion hasn't changed. The movement of fire Mike White just had a lot more push and a lot more moxie before you go, well, he just beat the number two team in the nation for the first time ever in Gainesville. Um, he, he beat another top 10 team, you know? He's done that. Uh, I want to say seven times, six times since taking over with the Florida Gators. So you'd be like, hey, he, he's beaten plenty of top 10 teams before. And no. Um, I've said it a billion times now. Roster's not good enough. If it's his, if the roster's not good enough, it's his fault. If the roster is good enough, it's his fault. This team isn't reaching their expectations or reaching their potential. So it's still Mike White. And like, Look, it was a big win against Auburn. It was. Like that, I'm taking nothing away from that victory. He did a solid job, too. I'm not taking that from him either. What I will say, though, is the win over Auburn, as good as it was, does not excuse 
the losses to Texas Southern. It doesn't excuse the losses to Ole Miss. The Texas A&M loss just last week was a really awful one. Like, and I, like, I, I give him credit. You know, and I, I feel, I feel like I do a solid job of giving credit where credit is due. Mike White, you did a good job against Auburn. Like, you did your thing, and you, you kept your team into it the entire time. Like, there was never a point where this game really felt out of hand, and then the Florida Gators took over, and it, and it really changed. And I mean, the last minute wasn't greatly handled. Like, like the last uh, when there were nine point nine seconds left, and. Florida had to inbound it. I don't like the idea of just forcing it to Colin Castle, and I think that was a bad decision. But for the most part, Mike White, you did a good job this year, and and or <laughs> this past Saturday, <laughs> you did a good job against Auburn. But yeah, the wins don't excuse the losses. They don't excuse all the times where Florida should have been winning dominantly like like manhandling opponents and barely winning or losing and it doesn't and and yeah all the times that florida does win a come from behind game it's like why is florida always behind mike white and like i was joking in the youtube comments last week where someone was like oh mike white uses it as an armrest and i said it's a food tray for him like like the whiteboard like I, i don't get what he's doing with it half the time but you did a good job against auburn i don't think it was enough to save his job i hope it wasn't enough to save his job but ultimately, I, I think that we'll see towards the end of the season, like when the season ends, what we're looking at. If Florida makes March Madness, how far they make it, if they do make it. Um, but I don't, I don't think it's, I, I, I don't think it's going to work out with Mike White. Same way as Dan Mullen. Like I don't, I don't think he's a bad coach. It's just not the right time, place, coaching talent. I don't think he's a bad coach. I just don't think he's good enough for Florida. And I, I've been very open about that. And I think it's a fair. Um, assessment for me to make. It's the new year, so that means it's New Year's resolution time. If yours is about getting fit, eating healthier, working out more, whatever it might be, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. I'm bad at keeping my New Year's resolution. I just got back into working out again because I was like, hey, I, I, like, I gotta, I gotta clean it up. But every year, my weakness is the sweet tooth. It's, it's even when I'm not as like a New Year's resolution, like it, it's the sweet tooth that gets me every single time. But with Built Bar, at least, I get to um, handle it a little better. It's already coated in 100% chocolate. Most bars have 130 calories and just four net carbs, along with 17 grams of protein. So you can throw out the hidden stashes, Reese's in the, in the what was it, desk drawer, Kit Kat in the cupboard, whatever it might be. Just make sure to get Built Bar to replace it. You don't got to sneak around. You don't got to feel guilty. Built Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors so that you'll never get bored. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off of your next order at Built or BuiltBar.com. To wrap up today's show, we are talking about the Florida Gators baseball team, number nine in the nation. And I mean, you know, starting three lefties in opening weekend, it was, it was a big deal. And um, the Florida Gators baseball team has started the season one and two. So things didn't go as we planned they would go or as we hoped they would go. Um, it's a little rough. Florida did win the first game of the series on Friday night, but on Sunday, on Saturday uh, and, and yesterday afternoon, not not so much. <laughs> it was it was a little rough. The first game, the Florida Gators won seven two. Like like it was it was a solid win. It was a pretty low scoring game, 
And then in the four, in the seventh inning, the Florida Gators scored four runs, which we'll get into how they did that in just a second. But yeah, it was, it was a relatively low scoring game, and then Florida really separated at that point. But Sterling, M.F. and Thompson, beast mode by Sterling Thompson. Uh, two home runs in the game. One of them was a solo shot, and in the seventh inning. When the Florida Gators scored four runs, that was because Sterling Thompson hit a grand slam to finish with a total of five of the seven Florida Gators RBIs. He had two home runs, obviously, five of the RBIs, which is a, a monster game. Like, if you get five RBIs in a game, that's a monster game. I don't care what it is. And that was the, that was big for Sterling Thompson to really help the Gators get over the hump. I mean, hey, they won 7-2 without him. It's 2-2. I get that's not exactly how it works because someone else would still fill in that production and maybe go the same way, but you get the point. Hunter Barco had a hot start to the season, allowing just one hit and one walk in six innings pitch, but that's not even the bigger part. you know. And one hit, one walk is a phenomenal start. What I was more impressed by was 11 strikeouts in those six innings pitch. Like that, that is just dominant performance by hunter barco and it's big too because you know i spent uh friday's episode i was talking about hunter barco replacing tommy mace from last season and i was like look like like he's gonna be the ace he's gonna be our guy and he came out and he was like yeah i'm gonna be the ace i'm gonna be the guy and he put up just a completely dominant performance in his first start as the ace really for the 2022 florida gators so big for hunter barco ryan slater came in to pick up his first save of the season in that one the second game wasn't as positive for the florida gators um again florida's offense didn't get rolling early on really but i mean florida was down at one point four nothing after just two and a half innings so not wonderful um <laughs> Timmy Manning did have a bit of a rough start. Um, rough start to the season for him. Three innings pitched, five hits, four earned runs. It wasn't great offensively. There weren't a ton of bright spots in the second game on Saturday. It was just, it was just lackluster throughout. Like the bats couldn't get going early, and then towards the end of the game, it was like, yeah, they're they're rallying, but it just, it 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 just didn't work out the way that any of us had hoped it would work out against Liberty on the second day. Like, I was hoping for a sweep to start the year. I was like, that would be a dope way to start. But um, that didn't happen. So I was, was a little bit rough. But I, then during yesterday's game, Sunday's game, Florida started the game up 3 nothing after four innings. But after that, it was a big for the Gators. It was just, it was just a snoozer for them. Liberty scored five runs after those uh after those four innings where the florida was up four where florida was up three nothing and uh that included three runs in the fifth inning so liberty came right back at florida after that one and when i was going into this game i was like specifically this third game going into the whole series i cared about pitching because um if you don't know me by now hi brandon olson every sport i love defense um <laughs> so i was like hey I'm really looking forward to the pitching in this in this weekend slate right here. Uh, you know, three lefty starters. It's going to be dope. It's going to be awesome to see. And specifically the Sunday game, I was like, I need to see this pitching. Beer. I need to see this pitching because the starter 
was Pierce Coppola from uh, New Jersey, from Verona, New Jersey, if I'm not mistaken. And it was his first college start. And I was like, this is going to be an awesome start for him. You know, like whether or not it goes great, it's going to be awesome to see him because he's he's got he's a toolsy big dude. And I was like, you know, he's six seven, six eight, hits ninety four miles per hour, has a change up, a slurve. Like he's he's got the makeup that I would have in a in a road to the show player. Um, and it was an okay first outing, I'll say. Four point one innings pitched, or four and a third, uh, five hits, seven strikeouts, two earned runs, and I mean that's. I, I think when you look at a kid who's probably got pregame jitters and probably has game jitters for his first college start for a big blue chip program, I, I think that's an okay start. Like I, I don't have a big problem with that. Like five hits is a bit much and the two earned runs wasn't great, but I mean, seven strikeouts and just four and a third innings. Like I, I think you're showing that you've got the makeup here. Um, we'll just hope that he can, you know, kind of piece it all together as the season goes on. After that, Philip Abner gave up two more runs and that, Ultimately, um, ultimately decided the game as that was that was a painful one to watch. Uh, but offensively, BT Rappel drove in two of the runs with a home run that brought in Josh Rivera as well for Florida. And um, you know, there there are certain things where on Friday I was like, oh, I want to see these players step up with more playing time. Kendrick Kyle Lau was one of those players that I named, and not a good start to the season for him. Uh, he's got one walk so far. That's the only time he's gotten on base. He's 0 for 11 to start the season outside of that one walk. So hopefully Kendrick Kalilau will kind of kind of flip things over and, and get back into it. The Gators take on Stetson tomorrow evening at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. Be sure not to miss that one. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more about our Florida Gators, including softball and women's basketball. Be sure to check out Locked On Bets. I'm, I'm telling you, they're going to help make you some money. Your boy Q, Lee Sterling, every day. Locked On Bets. For Locked On Gators, I am Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. And I will see you all tomorrow.